ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the third episode of Casual Sports Talk. Uh, before we start off, as you guys heard, we kind of have a major trade to announce. Uh, Daniel Rapport, our um, one third of our cast member here, has been traded to Concordia University just for the week. In exchange, or longer, we're not sure yet. Or longer, we're not sure yet. Uh, in exchange, uh, we got about fourteen dollars of nickels. I think it's a pretty good deal, Brady. What do you What do you think of this deal? You want to break this down for us? I mean, First of all, I want to shout out Lloyd. I miss producer Lloyd. He's in uh, New Zealand. For yeah. So, so that was the, that was the second trade uh, that we have to announce. Producer oh. Lloyd actually got traded to New Zealand for about four months. So producer for Lloyd, nothing. For nothing, we got air. <laughs> we we absolutely got air, and we're pissed about it. But yeah, we are going to be holding uh, producer tryouts. If you guys want to try to be our producer. Um, also, we also need a not an actual lawyer lawyer now that Lloyd's gone, right? So, yeah. So, so if anyone wants to be a not an actual lawyer lawyer, uh, please send your CV to... Uh, we have an interview set up with Haim, my man. Yeah. So hopefully that will work out. But, but we'll if see. not, we're uh, holding our options open. Just like DMs the, are open. Just like so the Indianapolis random. Colts held their options open. <laughs> After Josh McDaniel said no to them. Hey, am I right, Brady? I know you wanted oh. to talk about that real quick. Yeah, so. we'll get into that a little later. Yeah. For, let's first introduce our uh, the guy we traded Daniel for Isaac. Yeah, Isaac is back. Isaac, welcome back. Thank you yeah, for joining us. You. Uh, Isaac is here. back. Isaac is back this week. He's going to help us talk about uh, a couple topics. And this episode is a very special episode, this third episode. It's actually going to be the episode of trades. So all we're talking about today, other than something Brady wants to talk about, but he's Brady, that's why. I'm not important. All we're talking about today is trades, right? We're going to talk about the NBA trade deadline that just happened, and then we're going to be shifting to the NHL trade deadline, which is coming up in a couple weeks, but, you know, teams are preparing, right? They're making some moves beforehand. And And let us know if you like the trade between Daniel and Isaac. You know, if you guys really like the trade, maybe we'll just cut Daniel and bring in Isaac, because, you know... We're trying to please you guys. Yeah, we want to do it for the fans. So if Daniel's not cutting it, then uh, we could trade. We could trade. We could keep the trade. Uh, yeah, official. Con- Concordia, you can keep him for good if you want. Uh, so as we just mentioned uh, a second ago, Brady wanted to talk about uh, some NFL news this week uh, before we get into our episode of trades. He has a big smile on his face, something I haven't seen since the Super Bowl. Uh, Brady, what happened? Well, we got my boy Josh McDaniels back. He uh, he agreed to be the Colts head coach. They announced it on their Twitter. He was supposed to. He literally walked into the building to say goodbye to Bill and Robert Kraft. Picked his stuff up off his desk. He was about to fly over and that that morning, that next morning, to have his press conference. Announced he's the official head coach. And Bill and Robert were like, "Nah, we're good. We're gonna keep you, bud." They paid him. They apparently they offered him a lot of money to stay. They offered him some stability. <laughs> well, for sure, a hundred percent. Josh McDaniels, you were going to ho- have to offer him that money if you wanted to stay, right? I mean, yeah. What else other than other than kind of saying you're going to be the next head coach after Belichick retires, what else can you give him, right? It, it was, to make I, him from what I heard, it wasn't even that. It was more of, look, you go co- coach the Colts, but it's not like you may be there for two, three years and you may get fired. Here, we're going to offer, like, they were pretty much promising him the next five, six, seven years a job in New England if it's the offensive coordinator or possibly everybody pretty much thinks it's going to be the head coaching job. Like Everybody's comparing it to the old Bill Parcells, Bill Belichick situation where Bill Parcells was the head coach and Bill Belichick was supposed to fall underneath him. Yeah, and he was supposed to go to the Jets and he backed out. And he backed out. You know what? I, I have to say there's a lot of similarities here. Like I didn't really think of that before. 
right now, and it could it could be true. We could be watching a thirty for thirty in ten years from now about this Patriots. I, I love the Bills, the two Bills. That was a great thirty for thirty. Um, how much do you think that this decision from Josh McDaniels has to do with Andrew Luck? You know, I, I, he's had shoulder problems all year. He did not play all year. How much do you think Josh McDaniels? Because I know personally, like I, if I'm going into a job where I don't have a head, where I don't have sorry, where I don't have a starting quarterback. I'm thinking, uh, shit, I'm screwed. Like, like I think without Andrew Luck, Josh McDaniels is not taking that job. So, yeah. do you think Andrew Luck is like broken beyond repair, Isaac? Like, what, what do you think? From what I've heard, Andrew Luck has some psychological issues as well. Not only, uh, not only his shoulder. I think uh, honestly, Andrew Luck may not come back. I've heard. I've also heard that that may happen. Wow, I mean, that's crazy. The Colts go from... That'd be a shame. Yeah, I mean, the Colts would have to just kind of reset everything and just rebuild all over again. I feel totally it, it would, First of all, it would be like... I mean, going into, coming out of college, he was like the next Peyton Manning. And just, you look at the raw talent that he had, and so now he's six years in, and it's like, I'm not going to play anymore. Like, well, it'll be a sixth season. It's like, yeah. I'm not going to play anymore. It's like insane to think about what could have been, you know? That's that's the game we live in nowadays. Yeah. Anyways, so the Colts hired Frank Reich, offensive coordinator from Philly. Um, do you think this hire is more because Philly just won the Super Bowl, so all their staff is getting drained, just like uh, the quarterbacks coach going to Minnesota, or do you think it's like that Frank Reich was an actual candidate? I mean, from I, I honestly, it's uh, for a whole week I was hearing the Saints tight end coach Dan Campbell was gonna get hired. And just yesterday, they're like, "Oh, we're gonna hire Frank Frank Wright." And I think he was. I think he showed this year he's a good offense. Like the past two years, he's a good offensive coordinator. I was also hearing a lot of really good things about John DeFilippo yeah. in Minnesota. I was hearing he's gonna be like the next Sean McVay, and I was and I was thinking the whole time the Colts are smart. They just go with that, you know. They go with the hot young commodity and get that in, and hopefully luck comes back. And if not, you have Jacoby Brissett, my young stud. Who did not play that bad? Honestly, he was not the worst starting quarterback. You build a team around him, and he could win you some games. He's not gonna be not gonna be the reason why you lose. At the end of the day, he might be a playoff team though. No playoff team. It depends. You know, I, I think he can win them ten games, and usually in the AFC, you win ten games, you're a wild card team. So it all really depends about the roster around him, right? You have if Jacoby Brissett's a quarterback, I kind of agree with Brady. We're saying it's not the worst thing in the world, right? There are many worst starting quarterbacks. There are many jaw like teams that don't even know who their starting quarterback is. So to say at least if Andrew Luck's not there, we have Jacoby, that's step one. Step yeah. two, you need a roster around him. Indianapolis well, needs a complete rebuild. You need to scrape whatever you have. Uh, they do not have much talent on their roster. Like you, that's personal. In my opinion, you could take sort of an example of the Jaguars, let's say. They're strong defense and they have a nice offensive playbook. They run the ball extremely well. Their passing game isn't as great, but you only but you don't need to be great at all aspects of the game. They're good on they're amazing on one side of the ball, and running game is extremely strong. I think that's good enough. But also, when you, when you look at it, Jaguars. How many years do they get the top five pick in the draft in a row? Yeah, it, it takes a lot of good draft picks, and it took them hiring Tom Coughlin. And took Tony Tom Coughlin yeah. to build that organization around them and uh, Doug Marone. But that's that. That's what that's what I'm saying. Like, like the Colts need to rebuild. The Colts have to rebuild. They have to get those picks. 
if, if they want to win. It's so much easier kind of said than done to say, we need a rebuild. Because anyone could say, we need a rebuild, right? But it's all about getting good draft picks, hiring the right personnel. And that's so much harder than like you can think. It's so many draft picks nowadays turn into busts, right? You have all of these first-rounders that come out of college, and you're like, oh my God, this is... Uh, the next great, uh, this player comparison to an NFL All-Pro, he's he's definitely going to be uh, definitely in the Hall of Fame one day. And then you see him within three seasons, he, he he's out. He's out of the league. Tony Manziel? As one example of thousands out there. My boy Tim Tebow is great. <laughs> I love Tim Tebow when he was there. I think he's going to be the NL MVP in about four years, but... I mean, or XFL MVP. So, I was about to say XFL. <laughs> but when he's the NL, NL MVP, and I was right, just make sure to remind us that Sunday... I'll give you five bucks. Sunday, February 11th, I called it, let's just say. Um, so we're, the theme of today is trades. Uh, we started off breaking some trades. We're wrapping Lloyd are gone and Isaac's in. I think we lost that trade because uh, we do miss our not a lawyer, lawyer Lloyd. And, and producer Lloyd. Yeah, and producer Lloyd too, and everything else that Lloyd did for us, and... Isaac's uh, he's alright we, we like Isaac he's a right? pretty face that's yeah, pretty much he it he is a very pretty face I must agree but we'll talk about our first main topic today about the NBA trade deadline uh, that wow is my first kind of thought I mean like what like four or five trades all happen within the span with of with the like, caps well, four or five <laughs> trades all happen in the span of what like 35 minutes like yeah. I, I was in my political science class and I'm sorry uh, professor that I was not paying attention whatsoever um, <laughs> one thing after the other the casual sports talk twitter at casual sports pod our casual sports talk twitter was booming all afternoon with gifts and hashtags and oh, tweets man, all around tweets all around we were sending out those tweets left and right and we hope you guys enjoyed the content. But and the poll. Yeah, and the, the poll. Let's, let, let's delve in to the NBA trade deadline. Let's talk like, kind of deep about it. Um, like Brady just mentioned, probably the only, well, not the only, the biggest player were the Cleveland Cavaliers. So, uh, they did a roster overhaul. Uh, they got, in in the end, they got Jordan Clark- Clarkson, Larry Nance, George Hill, and Rodney Hood, and they ended up giving up IT, Channing Fry. Derek Rose, Jay Crowder, uh, a second round pick. Um, what's his name? Shumpert. Shump. Sorry, yeah, I'm in Shumpert, and I'm obviously I'm, I'm obviously, miss, obviously missing Dwayne Wade. And last but not least, they gave up a first round pick. So they gave up a lot. And they got four players. Um, I'm gonna let you guys know right now that not all of us in the room kind of agree on if they're winners or losers here. And on the poll we ran, about eighty percent of you guys thought that the Cavs roster looked better. And Brady's one of the eight, those eighty percent, but Isaac and I really aren't. We personally, both of us, don't think that the Cavs roster. I mean, right, not only right now, but in the future, is going to benefit from these trades. And we'll explain to you in a second. But we'll give Brady his space, right? We'll let Brady make his <coughs> argument. So, Brady, the floor is yours. All right. So first of all, I want to give the Cavs props for sending the way back to Miami. I think he wanted to be there, and realistically, he wasn't doing anything for the Cavs. The guys, the guys, old vet who can maybe help lead the guys in the locker room, but he's not doing anything right now for you. So, you know what? Props on them for doing that for Dwayne Wade. Now getting to the Lakers and uh, the Cavs trade, I think they got younger. They got rid of IT. He wasn't fitting there. Let's just be, let's be real. IT was not fitting. Doesn't fit. Isn't fit his play style. He needs to have the ball. And LeBron is the guy who's the ball handler, and IT needs the ball, needs to be the ball guy to be successful. Larry Nance is nice. I think he helps on the defensive end and on the rebounds, you know. 
and he's, and he's a big guy who shoots some threes like Kevin Love and right now he's out so you know it, that helps a little bit um, Rodney Hood's an athletic young point guard who can be huge for them um, George Hill they were very interested in and they got him so that's, that could be their starting point guard for now obviously got rid of Derrick Rose he, the guy's brittle R.I.P. Derrick Rose because he's not doing anything <laughs> um and I honestly I believe just they, they got rid of the a bunch the Cavs roster before the channel was a bunch of known vets who were stars at one point in the NBA and they and LeBron was friendly with them or was interested in playing with them because he saw because they did well against him so he brought him in and then okay but but what I don't understand what you're saying here because wasn't that literally all of LeBron's championship rosters or like championship finals runs like He's known to have his friends playing with him. I mean, James Jones is probably the most successful player who plays two minutes a game in the history of the NBA because he probably has, what, like six, four to six championships just because he was LeBron's friend. So your argument there that, like, oh, he's LeBron's friend, uh, it's worked before. Why wasn't it working now, you know? I just, I just think they were lacking on defense. I think the IT situation had an effect on the locker room. I think IT was just not was just wanting the ball and wanting to be the star there. He used to be the star when he was in Boston, and he just did not want to be... Num- he wasn't even number two. He was like just like a, another guy, you know? And LeBron... And also, I was hearing a lot of rumors that LeBron and Dwayne were just in the locker room. They were just... Them, they were, since they were such good friends, they were just themselves, and everybody else was like in the like cliques in the locker room. So the locker room was not together. And pretty much what the Cavs did, we got rid, got rid of all the people who were click who were in the click pretty much and they got rid of Dwayne because Dwayne wasn't going to do anything and they just gave him back to Miami but I really think they made the roster younger I think they made him more athletic and I think also LeBron has played better in the past two games since, since the trade deadline so it helps okay one thing I really don't like about the, about what the Cavs did with with, uh, with IT is look at what they gave up for him and look at what they got for him I find I find yeah. they gave up way too much and got back way too little in return. They're if they're if they're gonna pay that much for him, they should be expecting to be getting back that much when they're getting rid of him. So yeah, so so I completely agree with Isaac's point. I mean, you traded for Isaiah Thomas, kind of knowing he had one year left on his deal, and they got some other pieces out like Jay Crowder, which they thought would would help them defensively. Obviously, it hasn't. That Jay Crowder experiment did not work. Uh, I don't know whether it was just the, the wrong system for him, right? Like, he wasn't a right fit in what they were trying to do there in Cleveland. That's very possible. I think he'll do better in Utah, but we'll talk about that when we, like, kind of dissect the trades. Uh, on the surface, though, I really don't like it for the Cavs. I, I have to say I'm probably the only one. Um, that first-round pick can actually turn into something, or even if it's, like, a 25 to 32 range. Um, I personally, I went to NBA.com's February 2nd mock draft, and there are a lot of players that I like in college. There, there's six of them here that I can list that, from that 25 to 35 range that that pick can take and they can have possibly have success in the NBA. So that first round pick, yes, it wasn't the Brooklyn pick, which is the only, probably the only good part for Cleveland here. Yes, it wasn't the Brooklyn pick, which they need for their future, which kind of at the same time, uh, just I'm thinking about it now, kind of ensured that LeBron was leaving this summer. Am, am I right? Like well, they're, keep, they're keeping the Brooklyn pick knowing that he's realistically not going to be there anymore. If they trade the Brooklyn pick, it's telling me, all right, they're going to get out one more piece that LeBron wants that he's going to like say, like, I'm staying because you're getting one of these guys. Or 
and and because of the injuries to to so many players like Demarcus Cousins, who they were hopefully trying to make a trade for with that Brooklyn pick, that Brooklyn pick wasn't going to get anyone. So unfortunately, that's what happened. And <coughs> LeBron's there now; they're in win now mode. They just got some more cap. They're way over the luxury tax right now, so they are in win now mode, and they're trying to win one more championship before ultimately LeBron leaves this summer. So when you guys keep on saying they got they gave up so much for IT. They- to give them away for pretty much what they did was kind of silly. But what I'm looking at is, if you're a team and the guy's just not fitting, he's, he's pretty much a poison in your locker room. And I love IT. So for me to say it, it's like, it, I hate saying it, but they're always literally a poison in your locker room. You're going to keep them because you give up so much from just to sit and poison your locker room the rest of the season? No, they want to win. They know LeBron. They know if they don't win the championships here, there's like zero. I, I really believe they don't win this year. There's like zero chance LeBron stays. I even th- I even think if they win LeBron LeBron I LeBron's I agree I agree LeBron's leaving but I think if they win there's maybe a smaller chance but they need to big get a better chance of winning Boston looks really good Toronto looks good as well so they need they they they're so bad at defense they just need to make some trades they got they got some players that are better defensively so they they help themselves out LeBron first of all looks happier and it also look when he played with the he came out right when he got traded like when it was rumors traded. That he didn't want to back up Lonzo, like what, like you know, yeah, he's so, he's hurting himself a little. So bit let's there. dive into the first big trade of the day, right? Let's let's talk about specifically this trade: the Jordan Clarkson, Larry Nance for Isaiah Thomas, trying to find the first round pick. Uh, so from the Lakers' perspective, they got rid of Clarkson's contract. It was like what the third biggest on their team. Yeah. Most importantly, they freed up a ton of cap room, aka what that means. They have enough to give. Two max contracts this offseason. And LeBron James and Paul George. LeBron James and Paul George. I don't think that LeBron won't go there because IT is there now, which was He's a free agent. Though. Which I, I agree completely. I think Dan Gilbert kind of traded IT there just to say, like, screw you, LeBron. Maybe don't go there because, like, look, there's the poison there. But then I realized IT's on a one year contract. He's, He's gone this offseason, yeah. realistically, because they want Lonzo. They, they draft Lonzo. They're not going to spend all this money on Isaiah Thomas if they already have Lonzo there and they're trying to bring him up as a starting point guard this is going to hinder his development this is going to this is going to ultimately be terrible for his career yeah um, so I, I think that first of all when I feel I feel so bad for IT the guy's been traded around like <laughs> like it's this like hot garbage the guy's traded like no one wants him feel bad he's a good player at the end of the day I do believe he's a good player I think he played well in his first game with the Lakers. Uh, I think the scheme fits him way better. They run a lot more pick and roll, and he's he's the ball handler now. That's because Lonzo's hurt, so and he's also the backup point guard, so he'd be like sixth man. <laughs> um, sixth man of the year. Yeah, well, sixth man of the year. I think Isaiah Thomas is probably one of the best six men in the league, when you think about it. But yeah, he doesn't want to come off the bench, but that's probably where you get most of your production out of him, right? When he's leading that second unit and the ball is in his hands, which... Which is the problem in Cleveland. The ball wasn't in his hands. So when he's leading that second unit, the ball is in his hands. You've seen it. You, there's tape proving that when MVP, the ball is in his hands. MVP hand. candidate last year. He was leading the first unit. Yeah, but be, regardless, even if he's leading the first or the second unit, when you see the ball, you've seen tape that when the ball is in his hands, he makes plays. He ensures that his team does well. And the Lakers, I mean, what, they're six games back of the eighth in the West. They're seven and three in their last ten games. They could make a run out of this. They can, I believe they can make a playoff run. I don't know how deep they'll go into the playoffs, but they can make a playoff run and go to the free agent this offseason and say, look at us. Look at this roster. We made eighth. 
great. You join us, we're all the way up to fourth. It's a big selling point, right? So the way I see it, first of all, I see if they make the playoffs, I think I think there's a legitimate talk about IT being six man, but that's just me because I'm a fan. But um, okay, but it's February 11th. Like, yeah, it's been six months since like, he's not getting it. Like, no, he's not I don't think there's. If he blows anyways. up, if he blows up, you never know. Like last year, there was legit talks of him being M- MVP, and he was like the man in Boston, right? If he does those numbers for the rest of the season in LA, maybe he could be six man. You never know. But um, I agree, you never know. But it's very unlikely, anyways. Run the games, please. I'm just a, I'm Isaiah Homer. Yeah. I'm Isaiah Homer. Um. The way I look at it is they pretty much if they made the offs, that's great. It's first of all, it shows like their young their young talent there. Julius Randle, Brandon Ingram, and Lonzo. Those those three young guys, that's and Kuzma. Don't forget Kuzma. That guy is killing it. I mean, rookie he, of the I mean, year. I mean, whoa, he definitely not rookie of the year. Oh, Donovan Mitchell. He had a he had a very hot start. He's slowed down since, but I think he's carved out a great role in that team. Yes. So that's a lot of name value you're you're throwing out right now, but his production has dropped off. Regardless, though, they have a great young so core. So they have young core. I agree. And if they and look, PG has stated his whole career he wanted to play in LA. LeBron said he wanted to play with PG, and look, there's a lot of rumors LeBron went to go look for schools in LA. LeBron has two houses in LA, so and he loves uh, Magic. So maybe he goes to LA. They have the money for it now, and look, they have young studs. LeBron wants to play with some young guys. Like he win, maybe there's a chance they could compete with uh, Golden State. Okay, you guys are saying uh, is it correct? Chris Paul, maybe is that what you guys said? Chris Paul to the Lakers? No, Paul George. Paul George. Oh, Paul Paul George. Okay, but at the same time, they're young guys. At that point, they're gonna have trouble developing. Lonzo will still be in his position, but the but they're gonna be taking over the position of the of the young guys. So the Lakers' problem this offseason is. Not a problem, but they have to uh, not renew, but kind of take an option on Julius Randle. So if they rescind the rights to Julius Randle, he's out. You move Brandon Ingram to the four or bring Kuzma at the four, put Paul George at the three, or even at the four, even. Yeah. Uh, that's where he slides in. So it's very possible. Also, Caldwell Pope, he's a, he was on a one-year deal. They don't bring him back. The two's open there. I mean, in a very big man lineup, Paul George has the capability to play the two. He has the versatility to play the two. And we'll talk about that during our NBA free agency preview, which is going to be coming when free agency comes. <laughs> For now, let's move on to the second deal, uh, the second of the Cavs deals, the big one. The Cavs got George Hill and Ronnie Hood. Utah got Jay Crowder, Derrick Rose, which was released, and apparently he's signing with uh, Minnesota, I believe. And then the Kings got Bubkis, uh, Joe Johnson. He's getting released. He's going to Houston. Uh, Iman Shumpert, I mean... He's I'm in shit per in my opinion. He's a legend. He's a legend. And, and a twenty twenty second round pick. So I mean, what is that? A junior in high school right now? Yeah. Like, the Kings got rid of some money. I yes, congratulations, San Antonio. You dumped some contract, and you're probably gonna finish dead last. So again, Luka Doncic maybe Marvin Bagley. You know what? Maybe they'll change the franchise. Who knows? <laughs> um. So in that trade, the Cavs got the defense that they wanted. Uh, I mean, George Hill's a very kind of solid on both ends of the floor. He averaged a career high last year in Utah, so he's coming off that season. He's I think it's fourteen point uh, six per game. I could be wrong. He's around that, so he's he's very solid. I mean, the only problem I have with this trade is, uh, or with the whole thing is, the Cavs kind of big three went from LeBron, Kevin Love, and Isaiah Thomas to LeBron, Kevin Love, and George Hill. 
You know what I mean? Like you understand what I mean? Like yeah. When you when you when you're competing with the Warriors, LeBron is like yeah he's equal or better or whatever than um, Kevin Durant. That's an argument for another day. But let's just call them equal, right? Kevin Love and Steph Curry. I'd give the <laughs> advantage to Steph Curry. And then their third best were Clay Thompson. Uh, to George Wipes Hill. To George Hill. Wipes the like, floor. Like, Clay Thompson could run circles around George Hill, break his ankles five times, and still hit five threes on him. Put some respect on Draymond, too, man. Yeah, well, anyway, if I'm talking about top three, Warriors are lucky not to have four. Um, I think very underrated, actually, in this trade is Rodney Hood. Um, so I'm going to let this be known right now. I support the Utah Jazz uh, as my basketball team. So I know, I, I know a lot about uh, them specifically. Ronnie Hood was on a very friendly contract. He it's on his last year, so he's gonna have to renew. He might go free agency, I'm guessing. But he's having a career high this year in points and three point percentage. Uh, and if you can't like play defense, the only way to maybe beat the Celtics and the Warriors is to outscore them, right? So the Cavaliers in these two trades, and probably the only two reasons why I see that they did that was they got younger. They went from I think the players they traded were an average of 31, and the players they got were an average of 27, and they got better to three percentage three percentage and on defense so there's the argument kind of for the Cavaliers and I think Rodney Hood and Jordan Clarkson are going to be very solid for them off the bench uh, maybe Rodney Hood starts I don't know but uh, I think it's going to be extremely solid um, and then Utah uh, so I'm going to be talking not bias at all Jay Crowder is a great defensive player it just didn't work for him I think if you pair him with Rudy Gobert Utah's going to be one of the better defensive teams in the league um, it's depths for it's depth. Sorry, depth for Joe Ingles and Derek Favors, and depth that they didn't have before because they had Joe Johnson. He wasn't doing much. He really was not productive. Jay Carter yeah. will be productive, and they're low key kind of geared for a playoff run. I mean, adding that piece, you, yes, you lose Ronnie Hood, but he wasn't playing that much. And he was injured for a part of the season. They already have Donovan Mitchell there with Ricky Rubio, so they didn't really need him. Um, I think they're geared for a playoff run now. And I think kind of that trade works for both of the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Utah Jazz, but not for the Kings. I just think the Kings' management is not that great. And what are your guys' thoughts on uh, that deal specifically? Well, I'm a I'm a fan of Jay Crowder. I think he's again he's one of the best defensive players, but I think it helps. And I also think it helps because Derek Favors is not the healthiest guy in the world, you know. So it it also helps, you know, that let let him take some minutes away from him so that he doesn't uh, kind of hurt like. Give more risk to get hurt. <sighs> you threw me off. Uh, so we're gonna go um, off the Cavaliers. Sorry, Cavs fans, we're jumping off. Uh, regular media members who stay on the Cavaliers for three hours. It's not us. There were other trades that happened. By the way, if you guys didn't know, other trades happened that day. And one trade that really pissed me off, really fucking pissed me off. Jeez. The Phoenix Suns got Alfred Payton, which I love. But they only gave away a second round pick. What is Orlando thinking? He is an expiring contract, but he's worth so much more than a second round pick. I mean, Isaac. Listen, Isaac and I have both had this guy in fantasy this year, right? Like, why? Why? Explain to me. Is he worth a second round pick? Like, I love myself, Smelford Payton. Like, I don't get it. I don't get Orlando's management. They suck at trading. I could do a better job. Uh, Orlando, call us up. Please, I, I can DM me. I'll give you my cell phone number. I would like to interview for the job because I can do a better job than whatever half brain nitwit you have sitting in an office there. I don't know. Maybe they have like like a bird just like pecking at like the keys and like 
Oh, oh, I accidentally traded my best player for a conditional first round pick in 2022. Oh, okay. I'm a potato. Oh, oh, oh. Hear this. <laughs> Hear this. This is crazy. I don't know if you guys have heard this before, but I'm going to read you the trading history from the Magic from like 2014. So, they had a young, promising GM at the time. It was supposed to be the next great thing. Uh, his name is Hennigan. I don't know his first name because it doesn't matter anymore. They had a young and promising roster. I don't know if you guys remember. They drafted Alfred. He was young. He was fresh. They had a young Tobias Harris, Adam Fournier. They, they, they had drafted Aaron Gordon later on, but he was still there at one point. And then Vucevic. And These guys, at this time, were all under 25. And the cream of the crop was a Mr. Victor Oladipo, as I was getting to. like, I'm just saying, this roster right now is probably what third third in the east realistically right if they if or they keep the roster if they keep the the Cavs are terrible look at they look at Victor look at Victor no I, I truly think it is destroying if this roster stayed the same and they did absolutely nothing if they literally closed the lights in the building and just did nothing for three years they would have been third but no they are potatoes the one problem is with that Alfred Payton and. Uh, and Victor Ladipo would be overlapping a little bit. Right, you could have one of their developments that would have been dropped down. But to bit. bring Alfred Payton off the bench as a six man would have been spectacular. So hear me out here. If you guys have never heard this before, um, you are about to get your minds blown. So essentially, the Orlando Magic traded. Hear me out. Tobias Harris, Victor Ladipo, the eleventh overall pick Dominic Sabonis, and Serge Ibaka. All four, are you ready for this? Terrence Ross. <laughs> and a first round pick. Terrence Ross but is for, a legend. But for Terrence Ross. He's so, so good. So what, you're yeah. so what this is telling me is Terrence Ross is the most valuable player in the NBA because all those guys got traded for him. Now, here's how it happened. I'll start off with 2015 where they traded Mo Harkless, who was 22 years old at the time, for a 2020 second round pick. Like... Harkless is realistically what Portland's fourth best player he's very solid if you could bring him off the bench you could play him at the three or the four he is a very solid player then 2016 we fast forward they dumped the salary of this 23 year old talented guy named Tobias Harris who is a starter right now for the LA Clippers and who played very respectable for the Pistons the past couple years yeah. for some dust named Ersan Ilyasova who they traded later on and Brandon Jennings who left them that offseason they literally got nothing for Tobias Harris. Later that year at the draft, they traded Victor Oladipo, who's arguably a superstar right now. I can have that argument. I have points, and I can validate that argument. I don't think I'm going to argue that point. He okay, is perfect. a superstar. So Victor Oladipo, confirmed superstar. You heard it here first. Um, Woj, you have nothing on us. <laughs> they traded Oladipo, the 11th overall pick at the time, Dominic Sabonis, who was hurt, but he still has a lot of upside. He's proven to, to do well. To the Thunder for Serge Ibaka. Okay, you guys still following? Yeah, yeah. This offseason, this past offseason, they traded that guy, Serge Ibaka, for Terrence Ross in a first round pick because they didn't want to lose Ibaka in, in free agency. There you go. Can you imagine that? How bad this trading has been 
I cannot fathom. It just seems like they're what, being scared. I, I just, I, I, exactly. That's exactly what they're doing. I can't fathom what potatoes are running the Orlando Magic right now. Like, are, are there like actual wizards who know nothing about basketball? I, I don't know what's going on, but I would like to apply for the job. So let me know. Uh, my CV is stacked. Um, I work at Starbucks, so it's pretty good. Get your free drinks. Yeah, I mean, Orlando Magic. If you want a pound of coffee, just for the job. You got a deal, all right? Um, and then I'm going to talk about one trade that I found very underrated. Um, the last kind of trade before we go to hockey, and then I'll get your thoughts on the overall of the trade deadline. You know, was it exciting? What, what do you guys think? Um, ever hear of this guy Malachi Richardson? Uh, anyone here? Anyone? No. no. So a couple years ago when uh, Syracuse went on that crazy March Madness run, they were led by this man named Malachi Richardson. He's 22 years old. He has a year left on his contract, and the Raptors just traded for him. Um, I think they already have the best bench like in the league, in my opinion. The Raptors have a spectacular bench. And Malachi was so good at the college level. I just think there's a lot of raw potential and talent there that if you send him to the G League maybe for a year, let him sit behind these players, let him learn, he could be one of those bench guys in a couple years, and hopefully, eventually become a starter so this is like a, a no risk trade for them and I think it's very underrated because I think he'd be very useful in a couple of years but I want to know right now overall trade deadline what did you think I mean was it better than a couple past couple of years do you think this was exciting I mean I loved it I was like checking Twitter every 10 minutes and I saw a new trade I was like oh my god when is this gonna end like holy shit like, I don't know what do you guys think I, I think it was one of the best trade deadlines I've seen in a long time there's always hype about trade deadlines, even for football or baseball, and nothing really ever happened. Like nothing crazy is like, oh my god! But this year, I was literally sitting there watching Colin Coward on uh, my couch, and I was just blown away. I was blown away by all the trades. I was like, whoa! It was it was very exciting to see. It was exciting to talk about it because we're we've been dying to come sit down and talk about it and share this share our thoughts with you guys. So, I I was I was very excited and very intrigued. So before we switch over to the other half of our trade special um, I, I need to bring up something real quick I just checked my phone uh, it's about 11 o'clock on Sunday night and I've been in a tight fantasy basketball matchup all week uh, with our boy Noah Cohen uh, right now there's about 6 minutes left in the Utah Jazz and Portland game I have both my boys Joe Ingles and Rudy Gobert playing he has nobody left playing and he's beating me by 8 points so Noah if you take the L I'm very sorry my team scored, as of right now, it scored 261 fan points today, which is absolutely unheard of. So, Noah, I'm going to give a quick apology if I beat you, but holy shit, this is tight. <laughs> oh my god, Isaac, Isaac scored 284 today. Okay, you know what? My, maybe my team's not that good, but we have upside. We, all, we have high upside. That's all that matters. Today's Casual Sports Talk episode is brought to you in part by Vegemite. Saltier and more bitter than all your exes combined, Vegemite still somewhat tastes good, I think. Okay, let's move on to the second half of our um, trade deadline special. Move to the NHL trade deadline. So, it's coming up in a couple weeks. It's February 26th, and I mean, the trade deadline itself never moves much talent from years past. I mean, Trade Center was a big thing, but you don't see many big names move you mostly see teams looking for those like older players like those one year rentals just just like in basketball really you have these teams with 
looking for players on one year contract who can contribute towards their success now and instead of giving up draft a lot of draft picks they give up prospects that's really the only difference between the NBA and the NHL um, so we looked at TSN uh, trade bait right and we saw a couple players that we want to talk about more in depth but Isaac I, I want to ask you first kind of what's the point of trading your farm system for a rental like like what what does it benefit you um, in when you're trading a guy who can possibly who has the upside to be maybe a, a number one center or a number one winger in the future for a, like a 31 year old veteran who you're probably going to lose at the end of the season well there are a few different aspects to it some yeah. teams are in a win now situation and just don't really care about the farm system at the moment because they want to win there's another aspect to it also some teams who are in a playoff position have have needs like for example like the Montreal Canadiens are in a playoff position but I could say they have a need at center they are looking for centers right now so they are willing to take risks to to trade sometimes their farm system in order to get a center and hopefully resign him because if you do trade for him, then you have the first dibs at whether to, he wants to sign with you next season, the next season or not. And and kind of, I I, I want to like, to look at it from a different perspective and kind of realize, um, on this list there are some players who are like thirty two who are a UFA this season, but at the same time there are players who are twenty five and have one year left in their contract. So what's the difference in value that teams are looking to get for? A player who's realistically not going to resign compared to a player who can actually be a part of their team for the next two years until you have to resign him. Brady, what do you think? So the way I look at it is, if you're going to have an older vet who may have some playoff experience, some Stanley Cup experience, you never know, that could be more beneficial for you, and he may leave after the season, than having a 25-year-old for one year, you know? You may, if you're close, if you're just missing that, like some teams are just missing that one guy push them over the hump to win the win the cup those type of guys are what you need instead of having this young 25 year old for one more year yeah he may be athletic yeah he may be a future guy it's debatable there's always those guys you never know about yeah. so it's, you may have that guy but some teams and I personally agree like if you're if you're one of those teams that are, that are in the hump there I think you go after that 31 year old who will hopefully bring the cup yeah so um, I I agree with what Brady has to say here. Um, I mean, personally, I think, like, if I'm a GM, I'm obviously rather trading towards the 25-year-old who has a couple years left, right? If I can see how he fits into my roster this year, right? Let, let's say, hypothetically, this year, the rest of this year, see where he fits in my roster. Next year, go up to him and say, hey, listen, you have one year left on your deal. Uh, we're going to be making you an integral part of this team. Uh do you want any pieces around you? Like, like, kind of build around him, see if that works. And if not, then you either lose him to free agency, which kind of sucks, or next trade season, boom, he's back on the trade date, you trade him for someone else. So I think most teams get more value um, prospect-wise and draft-wise from those younger guys, right? I think, like, a player like Jeff Skinner, who's 25, he has a year left on his contract, um, and he has, what, 5.73 mil, uh, 31 points in 54 games. He could be very useful on uh, on a playoff team. And Carolina's probably... They're in the hunt right now, but I don't think they're going to be a playoff team in the end. And I think he can get more value in terms of prospects and draft picks 
Then I'm Michael Grabner, who, I mean, he has a cheap contract, right? He has 26 points this year, but he's 30 years old. So the upside for me, and Jeff, I love upside. The upside for me in Jeff Skinner values more than Michael Grabner, where I might be willing to give like a second round pick or something for Jeff Skinner, and maybe only a fourth round pick for Grabner. Isaac? Um, the, the thing is with comparing those players is that they they have very different roles. Oh, for, for sure, but I'm just saying from like a... An age and um, age and money perspective. Just um, I, I find you. I you want me. I can compare him to a scorer like like Thomas Vanek, right? They both have fifteen goals this season. So even then, like I would still pay more for Skinner than I would pay for Vanek. You're saying in regards to free agency or in regards to uh, trading? trading? Yeah, in trading. for a lend. Yeah. Okay, so in trading for a lend, you're you're obviously not gonna. Like it, they 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 also play different positions. One's a left winger, one's a right winger. So, like it, you you a, a team has needs. Like Grabner's a, is the fastest player in the NHL. Skinner Skinner is Skinner isn't. He goes out and he scores goals. There's every team has their needs, and it's sort of hard to compare them. So we're looking at number one on this list, and apparently, even though Brady doesn't know much about hockey, he is quote unquote Brady's boy, uh, Evander Kane. Uh, he's a winger for the Buffalo Sabres. So he's actually, this is kind of a weird situation because you usually have players on the trade bait who are like 32 with no time left in the contract or 23 with like a lot of time left in the contract. Vanekane's 26. So realistically, a team can sign him to a five-year deal this offseason half until he's 31. And then boom, five years later, he's one of those guys on the trade bait list. A- anyways... Uh, a team trading for him is probably going to have to give up a lot more value just because he is a UFA. Yes, there's a risk of him leaving, but I don't think he fits into Buffalo's plans uh, with Jack Eichel's injury, which is so unfortunate. Uh, they really have no need for Kane. They're, they're gone this off. They're gone this season. It's done. I mean, they're like in dead last in the Atlantic Division. Like, I don't think there's much left for him. Um, Buffalo's GM though, he came out and said he wants a first round pick, a good prospect, and a conditional pick. Isaac, is that too much? Like. I think that they can get it, depending on which teams they decide to talk with. Yeah, so I saw four suitors. Um, I saw the Anaheim Ducks, uh, the Jackets, the Blue Jackets, the, the Penguins and the Blues. I think the Ducks can benefit the most. Uh, I think they're like in a chase for a wildcard spot, and they're not great offensively. They're only like 2.77 goals for per game, so they're really not good, that great offensively. When he slides in right there, he slides in with like uh, Kessler and Silverberg on the second line, which I think it's a very respectable second line. I think that with Gibson and Nets, and maybe they might need some defense, but regardless, it, I think that could bring them to the playoffs. The only problem is they have a veteran roster, and do you want to spend your future to win now when three of your key players, Perry, Getzlaff, and Kessler, are all towards the end of their career? You know what I mean? Well, I see them being a good fit, but I do see some better fits. One that I actually saw just saw specifically is the Winnipeg Jets. They 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 have Ehlers playing on the line with uh with Shifley and and Wheeler. He's he's all right. He's developing. But if if you put a Vander Kane on that left wing, I think they would benefit a lot more than they are with Ehlers, and I think that they would be even more productive, even though people would maybe think it's impossible. But I think that would work even better and. I see it being realistic possibility of where he would go. And they are trying to win this year. Yeah, I really think that Winnipeg is kind of in like a win-now mode. Even though they have a, a great young core, I think 
if they want to capitalize on it, they, they should probably do it now within the next couple of years because a lot of the teams at the top are kind of looking weaker than usual other than like Tampa Bay. Uh, I think I see a lot of faults in the Capitals game, right? I think the Washington Capitals won't challenge that much this year. I even see some faults in Pittsburgh. I mean, Vegas is going to be unproven when they make the playoffs. I, I think that kind of unproven uh, playoff record, uh, I don't think the roster is going to do that well in the playoffs. They don't have enough experience. Yeah, they don't have enough, so I think I, I do see that as a decent fit. Uh, I don't know, but what, you move Ehlers to the third line, to the second line? You move Ehlers, I think, to the second line to play with Line A. And then would you move, I think Kyle Connor's still there, so you'd move him down? Or you Yeah, move mean, Kyle Connor down to the third line. He's I don't been think, there I, before. I, I, I don't think Kyle Connor's a, a third-year guy, a third-line third, third guy. I think I'd rather, hypothetically, I'd rather send him to the AHL, right, and get him more ice time at the first line. But that's just me. I am far from an NHL GM. I am far from any GM. Until I turn on my PlayStation, that I'm every GM. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you th- you, do you really think Evander Kane is worth a first a prospect and a f- and the uh, conditional pick? Depends on the caliber of the prospect, but in certain circumstances, yes. Not the greatest prospects. I wouldn't give him. Uh, I wouldn't give him Nico Heischer or uh, Nolan Patrick, but I'd, I'd I'd give him a solid prospect, a first and conditional. Alright, Brady, would you pull the trigger on this trade? Would you be willing to, to trade a first-round pick, a prospect, and a conditional pick for possibly like a quarter of the season of Evander Kane? So far, I do know about hockey and how the Penguins have been to the playoffs and Cups a lot, and you mentioned them as one of the teams. Yeah. So, if I was them, I would, pu- I would pull the trigger on that, you know? Help them... Uh... I mean, listen, I, I don't know, right? I can never say yes or no. I don't think it'd be a great fit. I doesn't think doesn't think it'd be a great fit, regardless. But I want you to tell but me like, right now if you're the general manager of any team, uh, of any playoff team, would you pull that trigger? Yeah, of course. You too much talent. Too much talent is never a problem. You know what I mean? And you always want to win, so that's always a positive. Let's talk about another player on that list, uh, Alex Galchenyuk. So we are from Montreal. Uh, a couple of us are Habs fans, but we're not going to be Habs fans here. We're going to be analysts here. Galchenyuk has two years left at four point nine million. What kind of value do you think he brings to the Canadians in a, in a, in a possible trade? I mean, why is he even up there in the first place, right? Like, he's, uh, it, it looks to me like he's supposed to be part of the Canadians' future plans, and yet for some reason the other is it because it's not working, he doesn't fit well, is it because he's not French-Canadian? Like, what's, what's the problem here, and what value does he bring back? The problem I see with Galchenyuk on Montreal is they're trying to play him with the wrong players and they're also trying to play him out of position. The guy is not is not a center, even though he somewhat wants to play center. He, I don't I don't like him there at all. And he deserves to be playing on the first or second line. The guy is a is is a goal scorer. He likes to carry the puck as well, make some dangles, and they're just not letting him do that. And if he if he that's his whole game. He's not as great defensively as he is offensively. So if the Habs were to pull uh, pull the trigger on a trade for Galchenyuk, what what value do you think? He, just give me like a hypothetical. Like what value do you think they can get back from him? He's he's a good young guy. No, he he's proven himself decently. Shows some skill. I think we can get. Personally, as a Habs fan, I say we either need to start to rebuild or build around someone. So. 
in a rebuild situation, I say we take just pure prospects and draft picks. I say we can definitely get a first and a little bit more out of him. Mm-hmm. As as a like, if we were to just like build now and trade a couple of guys, I would say. I would say trade for someone like. I don't know. I was thinking maybe maybe Kyle Connor. To be honest, honestly, that, that, pick. that wouldn't be the worst deal. I mean, Marc Bergevin, uh, if you want uh, some advice, I mean, hit up my boy Isaac, hit up us. Um, you guys can hit us up on Twitter, I mean, on Instagram, on Snapchat. Um, so I think this going to be the end of our third episode. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode of Trades. And if you guys want to trade information, you guys can totally follow us on Twitter at Casual Sports Pod. Follow us on Snapchat, Casual Sports Pod. Follow us on Instagram, at Casual Sports Talk. And on Facebook, at Casual Sports Talk. Now, these episodes are going to be released weekly on SoundCloud. We aim for Mondays for the most part. Unfortunately, our last one had to be pushed to Tuesday due to to some technical difficulties. But we're always here for you guys. We're going to be posting weekly content, uh, both on the blog and on SoundCloud. And I just got a sneak peek into the website design, which is should be up within the next couple weeks I hope as long as we don't hit a speed bump but the website looks absolutely beautiful Uh, we're going to be rolling it out soon for now keep checking us on Facebook on Twitter for the latest updates we'll be posting blogs uh, at least one two a week just to kind of get all of our content out there for you guys to share and we love your comments so anything you guys have to say uh, if you guys don't agree with something we said today if you guys don't agree with any of our analysis feel free to chime in we love talking sports we love discussions about sports, so feel free to hit us up anywhere. Uh, we love you guys. Thank you, Brady. And please don't forget to let us know about the trade talks about Isaac and Lloyd. Let's, let us know if we trade Daniel back, try to get Lloyd come back early maybe. Who knows? Yeah. As of right now, I, I believe that Daniel's trade lasts till at least next week, but we will see if you guys think that Daniel's trade should last longer. Please we'll, let us know. We'll make sure to ask him, Cordy, to throw in some, uh, a couple of hot dogs and NDG hot dogs just to sweeten the deal for us, you know. And a, and a few uh, scholarships. Yeah, yeah, sure. Why? Give ready scholarship. We'll give, and we'll give them away. We'll give them away to yeah. some fans. Yeah. I'm always happy to stay. <laughs> All right. So from the Casual Sports Talk crew, we want to thank you so much again, um, and we'll see you guys next week. Thank you. <laughs>